I didn't want names in there just in case, you know what I mean? Well, you know what? She's going to know that it happened at her party now. Fears. 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 Weather. Fears. Food. Fears. I am <laughs> absolutely <laughs> the most stunned that I have ever been in my entire life right now. I cannot. This. I don't know what to say. I am stunned. You got me totally stunned. I think we should just jump right into this right now. I hope this is recording because we have this is real time reaction to Jillian joining our video podcast space while dressed as Carl from the Wigloose Rusical. Jillian is in full boy drag, wearing a mustache and beard and wig, toupee, and s- sitting in a very masculine stance. Jillian, oh, I'm man spreading. You can't see it. <laughs> can you please tell me? First of all, I'm Joey Nolfi, Entertainment Weekly's RuPaul's Drag Race reporter, and I'm Carl. <laughs> Jillian, what, what, why, what, 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 what inspired this today? You know, sometimes you just need a change. You get in, you go see a great production, and it brings something alive inside of you. <laughs> I can't, I can't. Well, come on, Teletubby, teleport us to Mars. Today we are broadcasting live through time and space in Mistress Isabel Brooks's Multiverse of Madness, the Eras Tour. We are traveling at breakneck speeds through all of her eras, hitting our stride perfectly and swiftly thanks to the sensible kitten heels snug and tight around our feet, which Jillian, I'm sure, is still wearing. I mean, so far we have traveled through five eras in this episode alone. Well, now six with Jillian's boy era, um, beginning with the congenial era, the angel era, narrowly surviving the chaotic era, coming down in the emotional era. And now we are actually back on the SS Muse, basking in the sunshine era. So, Jillian, which era allowed you to let loose the most? (laughs) I'd say I'm in my trade of the podcast era. (laughs) (laughs) I do think that this podcast needs a visual component. Um, We might have to upload this this image. Before we we settle in for a blessed night of rest, given the day that we have had, let's recap episode 12 of RuPaul's Drag Race season 15, Wig Loose, the Rusical. Okay. Getting back into my regular character. (laughs) Following Marsha, Marsha, Marsha's elimination, this episode opened with the queens back in the workroom, deciding on roles for the Rusical. And of course, Lux and Lucy clashed over which one they wanted. Things got heated after Mistress chimed in with her feelings on Lucy's behavior, saying that she felt that Lucy wasn't genuine in her reasoning for wanting the role. How do we feel about Lucy's reasoning and why do we think there are mounting tensions with Lucy and others week after week? I'm going to need to cover my screen. I really. Oh, Jillian just pulled a mustache hair out of her mouth. This is, I really, oh my gosh, this is, uh, Jillian keeps gagging me more and more week (laughs) after week. Um, This is, okay, focus, Lucy, Lucy. Uh, Yeah, I think we, we definitely have seen 
rising tensions in recent weeks. I think that it's for the probably for the same reasons that we saw people like Bob and Monet and, you know, a lot of the review podcasts have the same issue with Lucy is that she seems like very over, not over eager. Yeah, obviously, like $200,000 is on the line. But like, she seems very eager, very determined, very type A, um, which I relate to in many ways. <laughs> um, but yeah, it does seem like the cast has sort of reached a breaking point with Miss Lucy. And we saw it again bubble up this episode. But I don't necessarily know that I agree with the fact that they're saying that Lucy doesn't seem genuine in this. I actually think that Lucy kind of stuck to her principles in this episode um, in fighting for the role that she wanted. And then also at the end when uh, they were calling her, uh, or it ties back to this when they're saying that she's not being genuine. And then she picked Selena as her person to go home. Uh, she explained, like, she was like, no, I, if they said who should go home, not who I want to go home. And it would have been different if they had said who I want to go home. So in essence, Lucy was actually being the most truthful and most genuine, I think, in that moment and saying that. You could look at it that way. I, yeah, you could. I guess you could. Um, I, I think to me, I have been contemplating this, how in other seasons where there's someone, quote unquote, bullying, a couple of people bullying another contestant, I always take the other person's side and I hate like any kind of <laughs> bullying. And I've never felt that way with Lucy. And I was thinking that maybe it's because it's just this thing where like theater kids, drama kids have where they like are always where they just seem turned on. And it doesn't mean that they're lying or not genuine, but it's just something about how they present themselves. And I feel like Lucy has presented herself that way this whole time in the competition. Uh, whereas Mistress and Lux also have a persona they're putting on, but they've both been very open about we're, we know that we're being chaotic and delusional and we're just here for good TV. Yeah. And I think that Lucy hasn't really... Although, like, I can say that we've we've gotten her story and, like, the shell has been cracked, it just never feels quite the same, where it's, like, turning off this persona and turning this one on. Maybe it's because that is genuinely her, yeah. but there's just something about it where it feels like maybe she's putting on airs or maybe she's not willing to say, yeah, and, like, I... I Loved that role, and it was the lead role, and I wanted to yes. be in the lead role uh -huh. of the musicals because I yeah. want to win, which is yeah, fine to want to win. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I liken it to like what I talk about the Real Housewives a lot of the time. I think like the best Real Housewives are the ones that sort of understand and they never forget at any time that they are on a television show first and foremost. But the ones that almost become uncomfortable to watch are the ones that sort of forget that and let it you can tell that it like seeps over into their personal lives. Like I think Jen Shaw is one Ramona from New York city is another one that it like almost becomes uncomfortable to watch them. I don't think Lucy has reached that point, but yeah, I think Lucy was maybe um, like mistress and Lux maybe saw that Lucy was, you know, very type a and obsessive over these kinds of things and saw the opportunity for good TV. And I think that they're giving that to us and indirectly, I guess Lucy is also <laughs> doing that, whether she knows she's playing into it or not. Yeah. But um I think she's let also, loose. She has let loose, yes. <laughs> I mean, the queens, after this, they gave us good TV when they headed to the main stage to practice the choreography, where Selena said that she was surprised that the character had Western-inspired dance moves. And most of the queens did seem to actually struggle with this choreography, including Mistress and, uh, shockingly, Anitra. Uh, so who were you fearing for most 
before the Rusical besides Lux uh, after she was outed by Mistress for the security <laughs> tag on her fur jacket, which was one of my favorite moments of the season. Yes, that was absolutely the highlight of this episode, if not the <laughs> yes. season. It was so funny. Um, I mean, mostly I was worried about where is Jamal Sims because I want him <gasps> back as choreographer. My oh fave. my gosh, yes, Jamal. So I was mostly um, mourning that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's like always one of these things where you put the best dancer, you get them to learn like a brand new thing in the first five seconds, they're going to, I mean, quote unquote, struggle while they're trying to pick up the move. So I think we don't fully know who, you know, how much of a struggle it really was for Anitra. Um, mistress, I was definitely worried though, because it was yes. taking her a little bit to, to, you know, do what they needed her to do. Um, so, yeah, but I mean, really, my only thought was on Jamal this whole time because I miss him. Yeah, I think hopefully we'll see him later in the season. I mean, he usually pops up near the end for like the big choreography of like the Rue musical number. So hopefully we'll see him there too. But yeah, it does feel weird without him. But um, I, I do think it also deserves uh, notice that so- what Selena was saying about the choreography. Um, she did say on the episode that she had no idea that the character had Western inspired dance moves. And then mm-hmm. she also talks a little bit about that in our exit interview too, in this episode. But uh, I will say that I did love watching Selena dive right into that and doing that little sidestep with the hat thing that she did. It was all very fun, masculine energy coming from Selena in this dance. And I thought that was very entertaining. Next, the Queen set the stage for the full production of Wig Loose, the Rusical, which told the story of a queer child who enters the conservative town of West Bumtuck, where a local leader named Preacher Teacher, played by Mistress, seeks to outlaw drag while children, played by Lucy, Lux, and Selena, explore their identities and do drag in secret. Anitra also has a very moving part in which she channels her past trauma with her mother into a maternal role encouraging the kids to express themselves in drag the show had timely themes even though it was filmed way before the recent uptick in anti-drag and anti-trans legislation that is currently sweeping the country how do we feel about this rusical and the performances joey i think we had very differing opinions yes as usual yes we we did have differing opinions i mean i thought that yes the sentiment behind it obviously great like it's it's sort of uh falls in line with every other rusical though i think they're like i i more often am not a fan of the rusical more so than i am a fan of the rusical the only rusicals that i remember being like super into were the madonna rusical um shade the rusical and there's one other one that i like really really liked but i just i never really liked this challenge i think it's just because i don't really like musical theater and i I don't know. I I just feel like it's sometimes it's too long. Sometimes it's, I just, I can never get into the vibe of like a musical theater production. I just can't. And like, I sometimes have trouble like following storylines when it's sung in a musical. I just like tune out and I'm just like, I, I come in at random points and it's just like, it's just a personal taste thing. And I just didn't think that this one did enough to really elevate and catch my interest in that, in that sense. Like I find like, even though the type of challenge calls for it, like I find the kind of like overacting and like, like when Lucy was like sitting on the, um, I don't, I don't remember what she was sitting on, but she was like watching uh, Selena and Lux perform and she's like kicking her leg out and like doing like all these extra like emotive thing. And I'm just like that whole vibe of musical theater, just I don't like it. And 
that's no fault of any of these queens. I just, it's the genre. I don't like the genre. It never excites me. And I think why I like the Madonna one so much was because it leaned so much into like a celebrity that I'm already obsessed with and uh, was like mimicking a lot of her styles and referencing her a lot. And so I was like more engaged with it, but this one, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I just can't do it. Well, for me, I would say every act of this show had me feeling like Jessica Wilde drinking it all in and saying, <laughs> I love that song. I love that song. I was obsessed with it. I thought it was so good. It's definitely one of my favorite musicals they've ever done. I would watch a full production mm. of this immediately. Every mm. song, the the especially the synth pop one that was like, um, I'm not going to sing, but it was like, take back your lame law. Give us our drag ball. That is on every protest sign of every protest I'm going to this year. I just <laughs> adored this musical. You didn't, you didn't even win you over when they had the house of Gucci reference, the father son house of love. Uh, no, wow. I don't even know that I caught that because I was probably too now. <laughs> oh my God. I loved it. Put, give me a double feature of this and everybody's talking about Jamie. Oh my god, yes, everybody's <laughs> talking about Jamie. I forgot about that movie. Um, I did not tune out of that one, we'll say that, yeah. But I I don't know, like, obviously the message is important. Like, I thought it was interesting that they were doing this thing that... Because I think last summer, um, there was some... Like, that was right around the time when the stuff was coming out about We're Here, filming season three in that Utah town and that town council coming out against their performance. And then there were, like, Texas... Uh, lawmakers that were trying to ban children from attending drag shows. So I think that might have played into a little bit of where this was coming from. But it's just interesting that it's now premiering amid all of these like anti-trans and anti-drag legislations that are sort of sweeping the country. So uh, props to them for doing that at this time and, you know, not backing down from engaging with that because I think some people might have been scared to engage with something like that. And I think that it's more important thematically is one of the most important musicals they've done so uh yeah definitely props to them for that um also on the runway i just think we're really just i feel like we're striking out this season like that just collectively i mean the theme was gloves but i'm not sure that the group collectively fared as well as i was hoping them to i mean i think my favorite look was hands down uh selena I think that Selena's was fun and funny and super campy. And I loved the face on her outfit, the shininess of the super campy gloves. I was like, I just wish that it would have been filmed like this year so that she could have worn those big, like puffy red rubber boots that everybody yeah, is going crazy for. Yeah, you mentioned that in your exit media. interview. And yes. I didn't even think of that, that <laughs> yes. she technically predicted that trend. It's she so did. She and I agree. I love the bodysuit. I thought it was so campy. Yeah. I yeah I I don't understand because I think this is the exact kind of category where you can go so outside of the box and not and just wear did. gloves and very few of them did and I mean I think that's the detriment of having it so late though I mean I'm very interested to see when you do your what the queens didn't wear or what the queens who weren't on yes. the show anymore mm-hmm. were on the runway to see if we would have had some of those wow moments and with Irene's everyone. was great Irene's was oh, really post? amazing Irene posted hers yes it was I think Malaysia posted hers too and Malaysia's looked a little bit more traditional but mm-hmm. um, it was like a nice red pageant gown but Irene I remember had like this giant glove holding her from behind mm. um, um, it's like fingers wrapped all around her, and it's okay. Like, yeah, it looks so really cool. like uh, Queen Kong, kind of. 
Oh yeah, 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 and kind of like that one thing. Did you watch Next in Fashion? I was just, yeah, yes. yeah. It was the big, like, kind of like the better version of that. Yeah. I think. But was well, that you guy think, only had like five minutes to put it together. That's very true. Um, who? So was Selena's your favorite? Yeah, I mean, I think Selena probably because it was just the camp that I'm always craving from these. Um, mm-hmm. And Lux, I also thought was so cute, and that <gasps> wasn't outside Lux's. the box. Yes. It wasn't yeah. technically gloves, but I definitely counted with the yeah. two broken arm casts. I thought I she loved Lux's. Nice. Yes, I, I thought that Lux's was wonderful. One of my like favorite. I think it's one of my, the most fun looks of the whole season. And she also, we learned <laughs> based on some tweeting that she stole (laughs) mistresses wigs from the destiny's child uh threesome look for the beyonce runway and wore that for this (laughs) runway which was yes absolutely genius but do you think that uh, the other thing is that lucy was as much as i love lucy i was like okay girl like when she was saying that she thought she was unique for wearing the uh Swamp Monster thing. I was like, okay, Scarlet Envy and Asia O'Hara beg to differ. Yeah, I was pretty disappointed in her look. And I mean, I know, like, I'm sure when you're doing these confessionals, the question is like, okay, hype up your your outfit. But yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I think that made it kind of look like more of a dud because she was hyping it up as just so unique. And then you see it and you're like, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So then this episode, we did get the dreaded who should go home and why question. And for the first time, it was not an overwhelming consensus. Almost everyone had their name selected. Anitra and Lucy picked Selena. Mistress picked Sasha. Lux picked everyone by giving a dead talk (laughs) presentation on each contestant before ultimately landing on Lucy for being, quote, generic. Selena chose Lucy and Sasha said, actually, I have two names and chose (laughs) Lucy and Lux. (laughs) Everyone looked pretty pissed by the end of it. Uh, Is this question the best part of judging every year? And are you, you know, happy that we didn't get this cut out of the now that we have lengthier episodes? And how did you feel about how it all went down? Oh, I loved it. I mean, I I love this every single time. I I think that nothing can top George's uh, quote from last year about being like, well, she was in the bottom three times in one episode, although Lux's little TED talk on each contestant came close to that. I thought that that was so funny, even though she ended up pretty much saying the same thing about every single queen. She was just basically like, I'm always looking to see what they're doing next. They're so unique. And then she was like, and Lucy's generic. Yeah. Um, It was good TV. Again, I loved that Mistress, like, as if feel like every single reaction that i've seen to mistress is like everybody's like oh my god she had the gall to say sasha coldly and like i think that that's exactly what mistress was thinking when she said that she was like i'm gonna you know get everybody riled up by saying this yeah and i i just think there we do have to go back to that distinction though of when selena clashed with lucy over uh them having like this really emotional moment earlier in the episode and then selena being like well why did you choose me if we had this great moment? And I'm like, Lucy did explain, like I said, it was a difference between who I thought should go home and who I wanted to go home. And she, you know, used track record. And I think that makes sense from a competition standpoint, as long as you're clarifying, like it's not who I want to go home. It's who I think should go home. And that was the question. And Selena does um, also have some tea on how this whole thing went down in our exit interview that's coming up. So definitely stay tuned for that. Um, But 
after they did clash and untucked over Lucy saying Selena's name, uh, they both endure- ended up in the bottom and lip sync to Running Up That Hill by Kate Bush, one of my least favorite songs of all time. This felt like they were both trying to make this song feel like super emotional, like a ballad. And I think Selena tried to tell a story with very emotive facial expressions and she removed those large campy red gloves to reveal smaller red Mm -hmm. gloves which was like a monet exchange like pussycat wig under pussycat wig Mm -hmm. moment uh but she was unfortunately sent home and she did not appear to be happy about it uh jillian who would you have given the win to in this lip sync yeah, it was it was really tough. I did not know who was going to win. I thought that Selena's performance was incredible as it always is, and that yeah. glove and glove moment really got me. Oh, I me thought too. that though there was something about Lucy that I noticed it in the Rusical too. Like I, I don't know, maybe it's like the it was set up from the lighting or something. Like she kept being lit like just on her face with like this really pretty, very expressive moment. The overly expressive that didn't work for you in the musical but to me like it it did read for me if i were in like the back of a theater seeing this face lit up in the lights making that look if i was watching for faces versus performance then i i was a little bit struck by that but overall um i just selena's great she's a lip sync assassin of the season i was rooting for her to have a cameron michaels moment of just assassinating her way to the finale yeah yeah i yeah i think cameron and there might be like one or two other people that have survived four um but yeah it's it's the odds are stacked in your favor once you're or against against you if you're in the bottom for the fourth time and unfortunately it was selena's time to go in the eyes of the judges maybe not in our eyes but in the eyes of the judges yes it was selena's time to go Uh, I don't know about you, but all of this multiverse hopping has me absolutely ready for a blessed night of rest. But our next guest is here to give me a shot of Let Loose. Stay tuned for our chat with Lucy LaDuca. Hey, everyone. I'm Sid Evans, editor-in-chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce season five of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Welcome back to EW's Quick Drag Podcast. And I have to be real and honest with all of our cherished listeners today and admit that I have been holding it together, baby. But I've been asking myself, what's the use? <laughs> my next guest, though, has given me permission because I've really, I've got no excuse. I mean, I've asked my doctor if it's right for me. And yes, I now have a prescription for 50,000 milligrams of let loose. And yes, that is a high safe dosage for those wondering. Here to administer the first treatment, the Poet Laureate Lyra of our generation, Miss Lucy LaDuca. Hi, Lucy. How are you? Hi. Just a quick reminder. Please refer to me as the Queen of the Thunder. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Noted. (laughs) Noted. I am so sorry. You could have interrupted that intro and just reminded me. No, that would have been rude. That would have been rude. 
No, and we know she is the queen of nice coming for that Miss Congeniality crown, maybe. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just I have to know before we start this, like how how loose are we getting today? You know, oh God, what day of the week is it? It's a Monday. This is a Monday. Um, I think it's good to start at at about a three on a Monday <laughs> on the on the loose scale, the loose uh, spectrum, if you will. Um, once you get to Thursday, you can really crank it up to six or seven. <laughs> Friday, baby, eleven. All bets are off. Yes, all bets 11. are off. All bets are off. All tops are off. We got to make a, a chart now, a weekly chart for a guide to how to let loose throughout the week. I think many people would subscribe to that. I'm going to let you do that, Joey. I don't do computers. <laughs> I'm not very good. <laughs> well, I don't know. As you can see from my tweets, I am very not good at computers either. My Photoshop, everybody always reads it, but I'm just like, that's part of the fun. It's part of the charm. So yes, a yeah, loosely photoshopped yeah, yeah. get loose chart. They Love read it. people on Twitter? Are oh, you no, serious? I hate to break this to you. Unfortunately, yes, they no. do. I know you have no experience with that. <laughs> Joseph, it's been nothing but <laughs> but just people letting loose and although there's some people who get tied on there too. Yeah, they're very true. I mean, you have gone through it this season as it feels like a lot of the season 15 girls have gone through it on Twitter this season. Yeah, and it's, yeah. it's unfortunate. And I hope that you all are just able to hone in on the positive things. I, I just one of them being I love that you are here amid the let loose empirical era. Truly, it's become mm-hmm. the viral song sensation of the season. I mean, Maya yes. Rudolph is also singing oh. it as we saw Joel Kim Booster posted on Instagram the other day. Joey, so when I I saw that i was just like okay like i could die now i'm good yeah maya maya rudolph going baby i was like <laughs> oh. she Incredible. gave it true vocals too like those vocals those were she was letting loose at a 12 i think oh mama she's always at a 12 that's why we love and appreciate the queen maya rudolph well, did you anticipate this, especially given that, I I mean, the song and the performance, it was on the premiere. I mean, we know that certain, you know, television things are involved in this, but it did land in the bottom, right, near right. The bottom for the talent show episode. So were you anticipating this sort of explosion of this song this late into the season? Not at all. I wish that I could I could lie to you and say, oh, my God, I always knew it was going to be a hit, but I'm just I, I can't. Um yeah, no, after that first episode, I was really worried about it uh, because I'm so proud of the song. I am yeah. so, so proud. Very quick shout out to the the writer and producer, my music partner, Andrew Barrett Cox. He is um, absolutely incredible. He wrote Jantasy for Jan. Oh, nice. And uh, he wrote, yeah, and he wrote Lemon Song too for um, for Canada. Oh, great. He, he's absolutely incredible. And, and we've known each other since uh, college. We both went to college in Boston together. So I've known Andrew for over 10 years. And over 10 years ago, I said to him, one day I will get on Drag Race. And we will write Let Loose together. So the Let Loosening actually happened (laughs) about a decade ago. It's been in the works Um, for 10 years. Oh, baby. (laughs) What's the use? Um, (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, it's been in the works for over 10 years. And uh, to know that, like, the world knows it and loves it and... Let me tell you, I'm sure a lot of people after the talent show kind of listened to it ironically, but uh, look at it now. Like it is, it's huge. And, and yes. we've got some things in the work for the future. Um, <gasps> I, I am very, very excited about the let loosening of the world. And what I, what I can't wait for is baby pride season. Let loose is going to be 
everywhere. And I was so excited for that. Wait, okay. So there's more coming in the Let Loose universe. Oh, absolutely. I'm going for kind of like a Marvel multi-universe yes. type of thing. Yes. Um, we're thinking of looping in licensed characters. It's a, I can't talk <sighs> details right now, um, but there's a lot going on. That is There's such a, lot a wonderful tease. I love that. Did you reach out to like Maya or Joel for uh, collaborations? Um, yeah. So Miss Maya, because she's a queen, she's not super active on social media, mm-hmm. which um, I get. Let me tell you. Um, <laughs> when you reach that level of fame, I totally get that. Um, but just knowing that like she knows who I am and that and that she those vocal cords sang my song that's all i need to know yeah that's all i need to know but we're working on it we're we're trying to get um let loose to be um n- not a national anthem of course that would never be replaced but a world anthem some sort of a, a world anthem some yes. might say um we're talking to nasa right now they want to make it uh, they want to play let loose on the at moon, every launch which is yes at every launch it goes baby let loose and then <laughs> Just like right up into the air. We are all ready. We can just end this now. This is, we got everything we need. This is perfect. Joey, this has been a wonderful wonderful. exchange. (laughs) Just like last time. Oh, no, this is great. This was truly great. I really like, I love hearing all that about the song, but I do want to, we got to talk about this episode. It was, it was a pretty impactful one for you. I mean, I, I want to get into this recurring theme, though, it seems with you. I've been picking up on it. I, I talked to Selena a little bit about this, too, and maybe why this was happening. But uh, can you explain or maybe clarify the math used to tabulate the win totals among you and the season 15 cast this year? Yeah, um, I listed the I listed the wins that I was told to list. Oh, 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 yeah. No, that makes sense. Yes. OK, I get what you're saying. <laughs> yes, I get what you're saying that I mean. But I, I, I also do want to note that I do kind of like you're listing like when you say some of the most iconic challenges in Drag Race history, like the reading challenge is a challenge. It is technically a challenge. Oh, yes. So I understand why you include that in there. Oh, so, yeah, I mean, it really is iconic. It's one of those things that it'll live on YouTube forever, certainly. And um, I think the reading challenge is where you can really kind of flex your your muscle of of reading which is fundamental and um it is one of the the iconic challenges and mini challenge has the word challenge in it and it does it has a cash it has a cash prize yes so (laughs) i know people might think that the mini challenges don't count but that check counts baby oh that is the best quote yes that check absolutely counts when it Uh clears Uh (laughs) uh-huh well i think going back to this week it's hard not to notice, I think, heading into this episode, that there did seem to be some pointed tension building for you across recent weeks for whatever reason. And you and Lux mm-hmm. did clash again pretty quickly this episode over the role selection, as you did last week over the Beyonce look. And it came to a head when Mistress suggested that you weren't being genuine. That seemed to be a mm-hmm. particularly like choice set of words that that hit you in a specific way. So yeah. Could you sense that that tension was building up for you among the group? And why do you think it was building up for you with other people in the group? Um, I would say I, I didn't sense that it was building for 
me with the group. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one one thing that uh, and people can choose to to believe or not believe this. That's totally fine. But I was the one who was there. Um, the thing that they really didn't show uh, uh, on the show is that I was really good friends with everybody in the cast. I my main goal every single day in every interaction is to make people laugh. And that's what mm-hmm. I did on set. And unfortunately, I, I don't know why, but we really didn't get to see that. Um, in particular, Sasha Colby and I, let <laughs> me tell you, we are very, very close friends and we, God, we made each other laugh so much. Um, so with the, with the group, I would say, no, I didn't feel that, that tension rising at all. Um, nor did I feel it with Lux. Um, because other than the little, you know, uh, Beyonce bump gate, which, by the way, I tweeted this. She was absolutely right. I should have been pregnant. <laughs> um, but other than that, Lux and I actually um, we have a very uh, strong sense of humor with each other. She is just the reference queen. And we would constantly quote Tiffany Pollard with each other. We had a really <gasps> great time on set. Yes. And so I was I didn't feel tension rising with her either. Um Mistress, you know, I also had a good time with her, but she definitely liked to push my buttons. And um, the whole accusing me of not being genuine thing, that was not the first time that I heard that. That was probably like the 800th time that I had heard it. And um, Mm -hmm. I had discussed that with her already. I had said, I don't know where you're getting this from. You know, that's why you see on my face when it's brought up again just this like overwhelming frustration of like we have been through this before girl so i I don't really know exactly where that came from uh that's not up to me though well i mean you did uh, both later say in untucked that you didn't dislike each other like we did see that little moment where you're both kind of making jabs and then you like smile and you're like no i don't actually dislike you so how quickly or, or uh, I guess I'll rephrase this. I was going to say, how quickly did it take for things to get back to normal with you two? But you're saying it never really wasn't normal between you two. Like, it was it as bad as fans are sort of interpreting it right now? Um, hmm. I think that our relationship is complicated. Mm-hmm. I do. I, I think that um, there were times when she maybe liked to sort of kick me while I was down. Mm-hmm. Um, which didn't feel great. And and the reason it didn't feel great was because I I, I do you know, I, I did consider us, uh, friends. And so that's why it was like, girl, what are you doing here? You know, like we, we're cool. We like help each other out sometimes. And I don't really understand why, you know, there was that sort of tension, um, there with her. I don't, I don't know what I did. Well, do you think a, a lot of fans online have, have come for mistress and are saying that she was bullying? Um, do you agree with that word choice that it was bullying? So, first of all, I know I, I tweeted this. I never, ever, ever um, encourage or support anyone sending hatred to Absolutely. anyone on mm-hmm. the season, it, it, on, on any season. I think that people really don't understand how difficult it is for us to be very suddenly thrust into the public eye. And you should never send hate to anyone. So... Um, no fan of mine should ever do that. I, right. I, it acts actually offensive to me when people sort of send hate on my behalf. That's yeah. that's not. I don't encourage that. Now, do I think that Mistress was bullying me? I don't know if I would use that word um, only because I think that's a word that has a lot of power behind it. Do I think that she was purposely trying to get under my skin? 
Definitely. And I think she would, I would hope that she would tell you that as well. Um, so yeah, purposely trying to get under my skin, um, trying to psych me out, sort of manipulate me. I, I would say, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's all in pursuit of like, I mean, mistress has been very open about, you know, being there to make good TV and Lux has been doing that too. And I think that they're succeeding uh, in, in mm. making good TV. I mean, it's a, and Selena said this too. It's like, they were, um, you know, succeeding in the aspect of making good reality television, if nothing else. So I think that that mm-hmm. you, when you look at it from that way, even it's it's hard for me to say because I'm not on the receiving end of that. Just a, just as mm-hmm. a viewer, though, um, I, I sense that that might be where it's coming from. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't I don't want to speak as far as what her intentions were. Yeah. Um, you know, I think. It, you know, I was I. I was doing really well in the competition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe that ha- has something to do with it, but I'm not sure. Okay. Well, I think uh, when you look at the Rusical, I-, I think this was a case for everybody. I think it's, uh, it's been happening a lot this season of nobody really doing poorly in the challenge, at least from my perspective, it, it just seems like it's a competition. Somebody has to go, but I don't think I looked at necessarily I mean, I'm not like a musical theater person. And like, I just, there is that kind of specific brand of acting in musical theater that mm-hmm. does just like kind of get under my skin for some reason. But yeah, I, I look at this and I don't think that I can objectively say like, oh, somebody did poorly in this. I think that the musical was so good. I am so proud of the musical. I, I just think we, we all did an amazing job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that the, the performances are definitely like I like I said, there's usually you can tell if somebody's kind of struggling. I don't think I really got that this time that anybody yeah. was really doing bad with the task at hand. So I'm just wondering in the moment as you were performing, could you tell maybe how the judges were reacting or if they were feeling certain people more the uh, more than others? Like what was the energy from that judging table while you were performing on stage? I would say really, truly the energy from the judges was like all of us agreed we were like oh the judges loved this mm-hmm. like from beginning to end um i think that they were really surprised uh because one thing you know this sort of goes without saying but they don't see us rehearsing that you know they have no idea what to expect they right. just see the very finished product and um it was really encouraging actually to to see on their faces we could tell like oh we're all killing this like yeah. we are we are really doing great so, you know, I, I personally got no indication of who was, um, you know, if anyone was struggling. And I think what happened in the end is that no one struggled, that it was it, it was a huge success, which is why they sort of put it on us. Yeah, I think it, that we also got this episode, the dreaded, like, who should go home and why question. Mm-hmm. And this this one was very interesting because I think this is the first time in many seasons, if not of any season, that like there was not an overwhelming majority for one person over the right, rest of the group. Right. Um, and earlier in the episode, you confided in Selena about why that moment between Lux and Mistress pushing back against you in the role selection hit you so hard. Mm-hmm. You had this nice emotional moment and she did seem to get upset over the fact that you had this moment and then later said her name on the runway for who should go home. Right. Um, so what was, I know you explained this a little bit in Untouched, but what was the thought process behind saying her name on the runway? And did you ever consider saying someone else's name? So, uh, you know, like, like I said on the show, it really was um, just what is the least personal answer that I can give? And 
Um, you know, and also I was the first person to be asked. Yeah. There was yeah. no precedent. There was no one whose name I could say because they said my name. There was no, oh, this person answered this way. So I'll do the same thing. I was the first one up. Um, and so, yeah, my intention was just taking, you know, my personal relationship out of it. Mm-hmm. What is the fairest answer that I can give? And so I chose to go by track record. Um, now, I, I certainly will say like, my intention was to give the least personal answer. And I think I I mistakenly actually really did make a very personal answer because Selena is a very close sister of mine um, and remains to this day. Um, I have, I, I see Selena every single time I'm on the West coast. I make sure that she's the first person to know. And we've gotten together many times. I've met her lovely family. Um, we're wow. still extremely close. Yeah. Um, and we have spoken about that moment many, many times. She's the first person who I talked to from the show once we wrapped filming. Mm-hmm. We had a big, long conversation about it. And um, I I just love her so, so much. She is just, she's one of those sisters that is really engaged with you when you're speaking to her she's not doing that thing where she's thinking about something else or she's thinking about how something affects her she's really just a kind warm beautiful soul i i love her so much well what came out of that long discussion that you both had after filming wrapped i think what came out of it was an understanding of where we both were mentally at that point in the competition uh because that's another thing that people i think tend to forget at home is that with every passing episode there is more and more and more and more pressure and exhaustion both Mm -hmm. mentally and physically um as well as um a, a, a bigger distance from your friends and family at home yeah. The longer you're on this show, the longer you go without your own support system. And um, and so what ends up happening is when you're on set, you're just in this like hyper stressful. Everyone uses the term pressure cooker, and it's the perfect term to to describe what it's like to be in that workroom for a long time. And so I yeah. think Selena and I were really able to describe to each other where our heads were at at that point in the competition, how we were feeling about how others were treating us, about how we were doing in the competition, things like that. And, um, you know, if anything, it, it really did make us closer. Well, I'm glad that, that that conversation happened. And I wonder if there were any, maybe before, because we, we know that this question is asked every single season. So I'm wondering if the group had any discussions beforehand, like even way before this episode um, of how you would approach answering that question. So I admittedly, I look back and I feel so silly. A lot of the girls said like, Oh, like we knew that the, that the question was coming and it would probably be that episode. I was like, huh? Like I had, I had not anticipated that question at all because I was obviously, as you see in the show, I was very focused on each challenge. (laughs) And so I was like, when that question, when that question came out of Rue's mouth, you could have knocked me over. 
with one of Selena's big gloves. I was, I know this, I, I sound so stupid. I was gagged. I was like, you're going to ask us to show? As if I'd oh never seen God. the show. Lucy. <laughs> no. Babe. Joseph. Yes. I was gagged. It took me what you didn't see. It took me a minute to answer because yeah. I was like, oh, what, like, uh, uh, like now, now you need an answer now. So I wait, was yeah. shocked. But like the rest of the girls, you know, afterward, they were like, oh, like, yeah, it was, you know, nearing the end of the season. Mm-hmm. And they're going to ask. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I just didn't see it coming at all. <laughs> Um, I mean, it, yeah, it was, it was a very gaggy moment. I mean, everybody, I think, I don't think anybody looked pleased after this moment. Nobody ever does. Uh, but I, you know, this does lead to the lip sync between you and Selena. And unfortunately, Mm -hmm. Selena left us. But, um, what was the mindset for both of you heading into that lip sync? Because this was her fourth time and the Queens, (laughs) I think very rarely outside of like Cameron Michaels and maybe a handful of others, Queens rarely survive four times in the bottom. So what was the mindset between both of you heading into this lip sync? Well, I think that. Um, you know, I don't want to speak for Selena, but I, I can definitely say that as you saw in Untalked, she was she was very, very, very um frustrated and mm-hmm. very angry, um, rightfully so. Um, and so I think that that was probably her that's probably what motivated her in the uh in the lip sync. Luckily, it's a very, very emotional song. Um for myself, I I was I was happy to get this song, uh, given that it was a really emotional song and I was in such an emotional state. Um, and I just sort of thought about things in my life that sort of could connect me to the song. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's even sort of hard to watch back because you can really see in in my face that I'm I'm thinking about something very serious. And uh, my intention really was just to tell that story through the song. And make sure that Rue was watching me do it. What if you, if it's not too personal? What what story were you thinking of? I, I was I was thinking about basically like a a past uh, romantic situation. I think mm. I'll you know sort of leave it at that. But mm-hmm. something in in my past that was really really difficult uh, to go through. I, mm. I would very uh, confidently say it was it was probably the lowest point in my life. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, and thank you. Uh, but it's also something that I fought through. And yeah. and I really, really had to actively fight to get through. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's what that song is about. I think yeah. it's about being at your lowest point. And I mean, she's literally, she's saying in the song not to get too heady about it but she's saying in the song i i want to make a deal with god to switch places because i'd rather be doing that than this because you know right and and i think a lot of us feel that way at certain points in our life we feel like this is the lowest of the low there's nothing i could do about this um but as corny as it sounds you will get through those moments in life and you'll be so much stronger because you will know more about yourself 
than you did before. And that's really, really powerful. And I know yeah. that's, a, that's so much to put into that little lip sync, but um, that's all, that's all of what was sort of pent up uh, in my mind when I was, when I was thinking about that song. No, I mean, that's how an artist approaches their work. And I think that that is going to give that lip sync probably an extra emotional hit now that people know yeah, what was sort of yeah. going on in your mind there. And I hope that brought you some closure, at least in your own little way to that situation. And it's just, I mean, it's just nice to, even though it was a difficult period, it's nice to hear somebody talk about a romance on season 15 that's not Amethyst and Robin Fierce. So... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, another point that for you. A, that was the romance I was talking about, Joey. I was thinking about Amethyst and Robin and how hard it was for them. <laughs> I to was going to make that joke, but then you started saying that it was very deep and serious. And I was like, okay, I can't make that joke about Lucy now. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, LOL. Can you imagine? Yes. No. Uh, LOL now stands for um, what let something loose. What, what can the O be? Let. Oh, let ourselves loose. Let O loose or let ourselves loose. Let ourselves loose. I love that. Let ourselves loose. The loosening. That'll be like the third book. Yes. In the series. Yes. A penny royalty for me every sale that you get. Oh, baby. You're right in the forward for the book. I got you got it. You got it. <laughs> Lucy, thank you so much for this interview. This was really lovely to talk with of you. Course. And um, thank you for always being so kind and so lovely. It just it really you are such a joy to speak with. So I can't say thank you enough. Oh, my God. You're so welcome. I am going to send you some chains in the mail and they're <laughs> going to be really high quality, nice chains that will not turn your neck green. OK, that's what I'm going to I'm going to gift to you. I thought we were going to get through this whole interview without referencing my chains. And in the last second, she brought it back. She brought it back. That's why we love her. (laughs) Thank you, Lucy. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Joey. Thank you to Lucy for that lovely chat. Next up is our elimination interview with this week's dearly departed queen, Selena Estides, who gave us a very candid conversation about the dreaded who should go home and why question and some juicy, very, very juicy tea about the inspiration for her stand-up comedy story about hooking up with very tall trade that she says actually happened at Raven Simonier's birthday party. You don't want to miss this one coming up next. Welcome back to EW's Quick Drag Podcast, where today we are on our knees praying to our horny Virgin Mary prayer candles at the Church of Estides, located on the corner of Estides Boulevard, where I immediately changed my mailing address to after the start of season 15 in honor of our next guest. Do not let track record fool you. This queen absolutely won this season when it comes to America's collective heart. Here to talk about it all, please welcome the lovely Miss Selena Estides. Hi, Selena. How are you? Good. I'm so happy to be talking with you again. <laughs> I am too, but I, as you know, as we were saying when we first got on the line, like it's also a very sad day. Like always happy to talk to you, but it's a sad day too. It's hard to see it go. <laughs> yeah, we're mourning. Um, you remember the scene from the Selena movie when she dies and the, everyone's holding the candles? That's exactly what I'm imagining today. That's the vibe. That's what's going on. <laughs> yes, I just, yeah, that that line will, I didn't mean to laugh at it, but maybe I did mean to laugh. Like, remember that scene in the movie Selena where she dies? Like, yeah, of course, I think we all remember that. I think we all remember yeah, that scene. There's, Selena, very par- yes. there's parallels happening in real life right now. 
Oh, no, that it's just it's it's very sad. I think that you did such a wonderful job in this season. I hope you're proud of everything that you did. And I just I want to pay tribute, though, to one of your most iconic moments that I have only been able to read, but not hear. I am wondering if you can please finally give us a verbal reenactment of that time you called a troll an ugly little faggot on Twitter. Oh, well, yes. I'm, <laughs> I apologize. Excuse me for my language. But um, when the 40 minute episodes came out, we were all very disheartened because with 16 girls, you're only seeing two seconds of these <laughs> runways we spent thousands of dollars on. So I had tweeted, it's so unfortunate. We spent thousands of dollars and we only get to see two seconds of it. And this um, Twitter troll said, you spent thousands of dollars. And I rebuttaled and replied with, yes, you ugly little faggot. <laughs> that's the highlight of the season for me right there that line thank you yeah. so much she is an actress yeah i put it on a t-shirt and i i, I, get, I did a giveaway to a bunch of twitter fans so <laughs> lovely wonderful it is the quote of the season for me i mean that is a life highlight right there hearing you do that but i do want to we have to talk about this episode which was i mean it was a really fun episode the rusical always is i mean fan favorite challenge every year the role selection though we have to start there it appeared to be less fun from the start i mean lux and lucy immediately clashing over the role of heaven you i liked that you immediately said i'll take christian and y'all can just fight it out so i'm wondering (laughs) was this strategy on your part to sort of let them go at it and hopefully cause chaos and distract 1000%. You know, at this point, my track record was not good. I had a very good feeling at any point the last, you know, it was kind of, to me, it felt very obvious that Sasha, Mistress, Lux, like we're at the top. So the last final spot for top four was me, Lucy and Anitra. And, you know, Anitra has been like creeping back up in the competition at this point, especially with the very strong opening she had. So at this point, I had a feeling it's between me and Lucy, probably like, I'm probably going to go home next. You know, with last week's episode with Marsha, I feel like I would have went home had I not stole Mistress from Marsha. So like that Mm. was a little thing for me to do in order to make sure I stayed an extra week. Um, Because, Mm. you know, the week before that, I was in the bottom when Mistress should have been in the bottom. So I was like, okay, they're saving Mistress. Let me go with Mistress who they're not going to put in the bottom. Boom, I'm here another week. So for this uh, Rusical, yes, I did pick Christian knowing damn well I was never going to play Christian. (laughs) I just knew it was going to cause chaos. So it's my last episode. I had a feeling. So let's go in with the bang, you know? Wait, so yeah. So you you were convinced that Mistress was not going to be in the bottom last week? Never. Why? Why? What made you think that they, that she was not going to be in the bottom? Because that would have been interesting. Like, um, or are you talking about? Oh, wait, you're talking about the um, the interview challenge. She should have been right. 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 Okay. Remember okay. untucked. Um, yes. And untucked. Like T.S. Madison came in and only talked to Mistress in Malaysia. She didn't talk to me at mm-hmm. all. So I was like, okay, I'm probably safe. And like, I didn't do bad in the interview challenge. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whatever. Editing. Sure. But um. It should have been Mistress in Malaysia. And I think they were setting it up for them to have that lip sync battle. Yeah, but yeah. they ended up uh, saving Mistress for whatever reason. So I was like, well, if they're saving Mistress, they're not putting her in the bottom. She's the queen bee this whole season. I'm going to align myself with the girl they're not going to put in the bottom. So I won't mm-hmm. be in the bottom. And I was safe. I was high safe that week. Well, I think it's interesting because this season, I, I think I've been, it's a recurring theme with every elimination interview that I'm doing is it's like, it doesn't necessarily outside of maybe one or two times, it doesn't seem like this season really people are going home because they're performing poorly. It just like, it's, it's it just seems to be a collectively great performance from this entire cast. So at least we, these eliminated queens this season have that going for them. It doesn't feel like this is like people are like messing up and going home. 
1000% every episode, you know, even back to spice on the design challenge, like, I don't think we both of us did horrible, you know, we mm-hmm. didn't glue bags to a corset, <laughs> you know, um, <gasps> <laughs> no shade. No, 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 shade. The beloved no miscongeniality. <laughs> but no one, our cast is so very talented. And I feel like even watching us on Instagram touring the world right now, like everyone's such a good performer. It's, it's like such a well-rounded cast. Mm-hmm. It, it truly is. And I'm glad that you brought up um, or maybe indirectly brought up a Miss Congeniality winner from the past because I do want to, I mean, now that we have pretty much all of the eliminated queens here, who do you think out of everybody in this group who's been eliminated so far has the best shot at Miss Congeniality? I would love Miss Congeniality. <laughs> I, would I like know you win. would. <laughs> I would like to win something this season. That would yes. be really nice. Um, but I feel like it's probably between, um, if I could say so myself, myself, mm-hmm. maybe Baby Doll Fox and Robin. I feel like that's the consensus among the group right now. So we'll mm-hmm. see. We'll see what happens. Interesting. Interesting. Not mistress. <laughs> she kept saying congenial error, congenial error, but yes. I don't know if she ever got there. Mm-mm, she never got there. I think I, I counted. Mistress went through, I think, six different eras in this episode alone. I wrote them all down. Um, so I just, I love that. We're marking these moments in histories as Mistress uh, eras. But um, how did you feel about Mistress and Lux suggesting that Lucy was was not being genuine for the reasons that she wanted the role, though? Because it seems like in recent weeks, there has been maybe like pointed tension towards Lucy more than we saw at the beginning of the season. Yeah, um, from my experience of Lucy, I did not feel that she was that delusional or crazy or inauthentic at all um, being there. I get, and She just wanted to win, and I got that because I wanted to win too, you know? But I, with my track record that I was, you know, that was laid out for me, I just, in, I knew it wasn't in the cards for me. But to hear Lucy, like, fight for it, I really related to her. And, you know, I think Mistress and Lux... I will say going into the show, watching them, how they worked, how they played the game was very inspiring. Those girls know what they're doing when it comes to the reality TV aspect of the show. I was not, I, you know, I work in Hollywood. I work in LA. I've been on reality TV shows before in the past, but never to the extent of something like this, where also your personal art is also getting like picked and prodded at as well. So, you know, I wasn't prepared for that. So it, it took me out of the reality TV aspect, which Mistress and Lux are amazing at. They're literally a masterclass on how to make good they TV. Are. And, you know, with this kind of a show, you make good TV, the longer you kind of stay is how I feel, you know? So mm-hmm. they they were amazing. And I, I really do applaud them for that. So with, with that said, they knew what they were doing when they were picking on Lucy and it works it made good TV, you know, we're, we're mm-hmm. all talking about get loose. We're all talking about, you know, mini challenge wins. Like it's been, it's been <laughs> a fun, it's been a fun journey. Unfortunately at Lucy's, you know, expense. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, she's living it up now. She is cashing those um, streaming yes. checks from let loose. So correct. <laughs> I mean, you have made good TV this season too, though. And I think uh, maybe uh, intentionally or unintentionally this episode during the choreography segment, I mean, you seem shocked that your character had like Western inspired dance moves. So I'm just curious, did um, to like, even the playing field, did everybody, did you like not get that information until like, it didn't say Western in the script? Never, 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 never. I would never have picked Tuck had I known he was going to be a country person. You know, I, I had the country girl group in the Metalgate situation. I, I had country again when I did the Daytona wins. She was kind of a country character. So I kept being in these country roles. And when I got country <laughs> for Tuck, uh, I was like, oh, of course, perfect. Um, but no, we were not told 
we actually didn't know any choreography. You know, it ended up being that Heaven had the most choreography out of anyone. And had I known that, I would have fought for Heaven, you yeah. know, because I was I was ready and willing to dance and I could have done it. Mm-hmm. Um, we had no idea what roles were heavily choreographed or what styles people were getting um, at all. Yeah, it's just the script at first with just the characters, and and that makes that t- makes total sense to me, I guess. Um, so then we get to the challenge, and it's a production of Wigloose. Um, how did you feel about your performance as it was happening in the moment, and did it surprise you that you landed in the bottom on this challenge of all challenges with your background that you have in acting? Yes, my experience being there. Me and Sasha were killing it. We're choreography girls. We're dancers. Um, I will say Mistress struggled a lot, but um, she ended up bringing it back around. And surprisingly, Anitra was struggling with choreography. And then Lux was stumbling everywhere as well. Um, so like Lux, Anitra, Mistress kind of struggled the most within the Rusical. Me, Sasha, and Lucy, actually, I feel like really, really excelled and did amazing. At the end of the day, everyone did amazing, though. So yeah. we, we all did great. And what it came down to, of course, were our runways. And of course, who gets picked on for their runways every freaking oh. time I'm on the freaking runway is s titties so you know they had to knock me down they had to make me you know and everything led to this moment i i had a feeling you know i said it in the top of last week's episode um or the interview challenge when i said uh you know the first two bottoms were just design challenges so at least it was just design challenges that i was like quote unquote bad at and being you know having the lip sync for my life for when i was in the bottom for the interview challenge i had a feeling okay, I'm not going to win anything. They're setting me up. So when Rue asks who should go home and why my track record is going to be an obvious pick for people to pick me. I had, a, I was very aware of that. Yeah. Uh, so when we went into this part and then they started reading me for my outfit, I was like, okay, obviously that's what they're doing because they need the girls to say my name so I can go home next is what it felt like. So to my surprise, I was gagged when, you know, Mistress Lux and Sasha didn't say my name. And Anitra didn't say my name at first either. And RuPaul said, you have to say a name, Anitra, say a name now. And Anitra ended up having to say my name because, you know, Lucy said my name. But had Lucy said someone else, you know, I I, I fought with Lucy and Untuck because I said, Lucy, there's there's definitely girls here you don't like. Why didn't she say one of their names instead? Because had she said Mistress or Lux, who she's been fighting with all season, maybe Anitra wouldn't have said my name. And maybe things yeah. would be a little bit different because I only had two two points on me, you know? Well, RuPaul has done that in the past. I remember there's been girls in the past that have like been really emotional and not wanted to say a name. So yeah. I, I think, yeah, we've definitely seen that in the past before. I just think it's interesting that you were with your runway like sort of ahead of the times with your big red gloves i know you know you've seen those big red boots that have come yes! out now those puffy red boots like we need to get you a pair of those i was trying to buy some so bad when they dropped <laughs> i couldn't get it <laughs> no you have to do that look at some point with both yeah. of them but yeah I, I thought my look was fun and campy and a little you know different from anything i presented so far but also still a little banji so i i, I don't know i like my look Mm-hmm. No, I did. I also, I really, I hate, I don't mean to sound biased, but like, I liked your look too. <laughs> I really do. I really liked your look. I thought it was the most, the campiest with, with gloves. Um, I th- obviously think with the biggest gloves, I thought it was a yeah. very entertaining look. Um, I do want to talk a little bit more about the who should go home and why question though, because it comes up every season. I mean, two Queens did say your name, as we said, Lucy and Anitra. Everybody looked uncomfortable during this segment, though. Um, I feel like 
almost everyone's name for the first time in many seasons was said for various reasons. I think the only person who wasn't said was Anitra. Um, and uh, you and Lucy had a emotional moment earlier in this episode where she did confide in you. And so you did say that in a confessional that you were sort of angry that she said your name. So can did you clear things up with both of them eventually after they said your name? Um, you know, when everyone got home, yeah. And, you know, I, you know, we write letters to each other and I had written a letter to Lucy as I left, um, that I said, you know, girl, like, I, sorry, I doubled down on you. Of course, I know you're talented. And of course, you know, cause I, I was, you know, me and Lux were dug in on her really mean. I was angry. So I was like, oh, this is my last moment. I'm going to go in on her. And I did. And mm-hmm. I wrote a letter to her that said like, you know, it was just for TV. I was, you know, I was in my position that I am, you're still there. So it's all good on my end. Don't worry. Um, uh, so, you know, and we're cool. And every time Lucy's in LA, I, I go have lunch with her because yeah. obviously she's having a really hard time with this season and the way she's being portrayed. So, um, well, the way she was on the show, I guess that I didn't realize, <laughs> um, but, um, we're all good. I love Anitra. She was one of the first people I went to go see after we got back from the show too. I love them both. I just wish they would have fought with me in Untucked so we can, I could have went out with a nice fight at least, but it was kind of just like, <laughs> a, oh, it's us today's time. <laughs> It is a fiery episode. I will say that like untucked. It is also I mean, it's it's fun, I guess. Maybe it's not fun to act in it in the moment. But like for a viewer, it does kind of up the stakes a little bit when you do see the queens getting contentious and untucked that always does make it a little bit more exciting. And in the lip sync, we could also there there's audio where we can hear mistress saying, come on, Selena, eat up, eat, um, eat her up, bitch, I think she says. So could you hear mistress actually saying that um, behind you? no but i could like i could see her saying that because you know me and mistress were very close friends off camera you know we you didn't really see that in the workroom as much but we, you know we were always in in the van together we were always kicking on the side and uh that's my she's like my s- stupid annoying little sister you know what i mean i love her i love her so much after the interview challenge we claimed ourselves as the pinga pals oh <laughs> yes uh, not the interview the comedy challenge yeah. so that's my that's my pinga pal and um you know, of course, she she wasn't going to root for Lucy. She hasn't been rooting for Lucy all season. So true. That is true. Is that a true story? The story that you told in the comedy challenge? Oh, 1000% true. It was Raven's birthday party at the Roosevelt Hotel in 2018. And yes, I was. Did you, a- wait, did you say Raven's birthday party? Oh, sorry. Raven Simone. Yeah. Wait, wait, did you say that in the challenge? No, I, I didn't want to. I didn't want names in there just in case. You know what I mean. But uh, oh my gosh, wait, this is T. Okay, wait. So this actually happened at her birthday party. Oh my gosh, what did she have to say about this when you told Raven that this happened? Um, well, I don't know Raven personally. I was invited from a friend, and actually, I was with Shangela and Frankie Grande, and they were invited to Raven's party, and I went as a pregnant Mrs. Claus, and then Raven. It was Raven's. I don't know this guy hanging out with Raven Simone. <laughs> all night he ended up texting me because you know i was in drag i looked gorgeous and i really couldn't reach <laughs> he was so tall <laughs> I, and i ran upstairs to grab a pair of high heels because i was in my chunk class i literally was in my chunk <laughs> class and then i went back downstairs and he was gone so true story 1000 percent. all at the party i am just i am so gagged at this tea that it, this happened at her party uh, well you know what she's gonna know that it happened at her party now so um <laughs> we're putting it out there into the world so raven we are sorry but also not sorry because this yeah. is amazing this is amazing <laughs> 
the last question I had for you, this is going to be a bit of a difficult segue from that, but um, <laughs> I wanted to ask you something a little bit more serious and totally fine if you don't want to address it. But I mean, I did notice an extra poignant moment last week in Untucked. We did get to see that beautiful moment um, from your mother and your family. And I know that we did just lose her and I'm so sorry about that. But um, I'm wondering how you feel now sort of having that moment preserved with her on TV mm -hmm. and having that video message and wishing you well and how you sort of viewed that last week. Yeah. Um, you know, up until this point throughout the season, you haven't gotten much of my story at all. Like I was never a main focal point as far as who I am as a person, any background story about me, like you didn't get any of that all season. Um, so when I was very nervous that they weren't going to show my video, you know, because it wasn't about me this season in that way. You know, I'm a talking head, I'm a confessional narrator, sure. But as far as like getting to fall in love with me for my story, it didn't show up on the season. So I was very concerned they were going to show it. So when they did, it was just really nice to um, hear her, see her one more time, especially looking like that because, you know, as she was passing away, the cancer really took a toll on her and she did not look like herself. Um, so it was, it was a beautiful, beautiful gift, not only me, but like my brother, my sister, my dad to get to see her again. Um, and I was just very grateful. They kept that in. I was very grateful. They kept, um, my narration of my confet of my runway from my confessional on the runway too. I was scared they weren't going to play that either. So, um, I was very, very grateful, uh, for that whole episode actually. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that you still have so much story left to tell. I hope that we get to see more of it after the season because we will, I think we will all be watching whatever you do after this. And um, I cannot thank you enough for the talent that you shared with us and for all this tea that you've given us in these interviews too. You've been <laughs> wonderful. You've been absolutely wonderful, Selena. Thank you so much, Joey. <laughs>